Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. John 8, 31-47 is a scripture we'll look at today. It says this, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we would be free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you do not have you have not what you have not heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do these things. You are doing the things your father does. We're not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God. Jesus said to them, If God were really your father, you would love me. For I came from God and am now here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? It is because you are unable to hear what I have to say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Yet can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? For he who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is that you do not belong to God. So our opening verse for today is a, is a famous one. Uh, Jesus says to the people, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, earlier in the same chapter, in John 8, 12, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Both of these verses are pretty similar. In John 8, Jesus is declaring that he is both the light of the world, and he is the truth that will set people free. If we follow him and believe in him, we will never walk in darkness again, and we will be set free. Now, something pretty important we need to know to begin to understand all that Jesus is saying here, because it's a lot more than we maybe think, but Jesus is speaking to Jewish people, and the Jews held on to the Torah, the sacred writing. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible. The law that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments and the rest. And it was often said that the Torah was the light of God. And that God was revealed in his law. His will and desire for us made known. And that God's people, if they would read and memorize and obey the Torah... It says in the Old Testament, they would walk in the light and they would be it for others. 
the truth of God. In Deuteronomy, Moses even says to the people, hold on to these commands and words that God has given to you. If you do, you will be blessed and have life. If you don't, if you disobey God, if you forget where you came from, and you start to follow the ways of the world around you, you're going to perish in the new land that God has given you. And so I'm just wanting us to hear what Jesus is really saying in this chapter. Jesus is speaking to his own people here, the Jews, who hold on to Torah. When they think the light of the world, they think Torah. When they hear the truth, they think Torah, the law. But Jesus is now saying, I am the light. I am the truth. The word made flesh. If you follow me, you'll know the truth. And the truth is going to set you free. Jesus, he will say in Matthew, he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it in you. To do it in you and me what we could not do for ourselves. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 8 too. He says, through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by my sinful nature, God did by sending his son in the likeness of men to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in us in order that the righteous requirements of the law might now be met in us who don't live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Jesus is saying this. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. And then you'll know the truth. And the truth is going to set you free. Free from what? Free from sin and death. Free to really live. And to walk in this beautiful fellowship with God every day now through Christ. To know Him and His will. To have His joy and purpose. To love Him and to know of His love. This is what Jesus came to do, to save us from our sins. But they don't understand all of this. God's own people. The words of Jesus hit them so hard, and they are so confused. I mean, Jesus is saying they don't belong to God anymore, and that they can't even hear God anymore. They've been so lost. They, they say to Jesus here in our scripture, they say, we're Abraham's descendants. In other words, we know the truth. We're the chosen people of God. We already know God. We got the light, the Torah. We know all 612 laws by heart. It's the pagan world out there that's in the darkness, not us. We're the good guys. We're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we'll be separated? What is harder than to save someone who doesn't think they need saving? who is blind but thinks that they can see fine. This was the people that Jesus is talking to. They had been lost so long, they didn't realize they were lost. You know, something that is so interesting for me, I don't know if you caught this, but I did. When I first read this, I had to stop because I thought it was strange for the people to say, we were never slaves to anyone. Because we all know they were literally slaves for 400 years in Egypt. What are they talking about? God had to send Moses to rescue them out of that bondage. Those were real change. How can they say that we were never slaves to anyone? Because even after Egypt, the Israelites have a history of being slaves. 
They have a history of walking away from God, falling into bondage again, nation after nation, taking them over. They were slaves to Babylon in exile, and then after that, Persia, and then after that, Greece, and now currently, in Jesus' time, they're slaves to Rome. Rome had come in and taken over their land and daily life, put soldiers on their streets and a governor in their land. Laws limiting what they could do. I mean, they're living in captivity. They weren't free to do anything they wanted. They lived in the fear of Rome, not in the fear of God. So how can they say, we have never been slaves to anyone? They're in it right now. Can they not see that? I wonder if they couldn't. I wonder if they don't realize that they're in this position because they had turned away from God. And it could be so different. I mean, it had been hundreds of years, generations since their land was really their land, since their king and people really worshipped the Lord with all of their heart and saw it as well. For generations, they had not, as a whole people, maybe a few Jews here and there had been faithful within every generation and still praying and looking for a Messiah, but most in their land were not. They were living in a darkness. Even their priests and teachers of the law were corrupt, and Jesus speaks most against them. They don't got the heart for God anymore. They're just going through the motions of it all. And you know, sometimes people begin to think things are normal that aren't normal because it's all they've ever known. And they don't know there's a difference. They can no longer see that they're in chains or that God created them and hope for them something more than this. I have always been struck by Israel when God delivered them out of the bondage of Egypt. They kept wanting to return to Egypt. They kept wanting to go back. And in a strange way, slavery had become their home, what was comfortable and what they had known. They kept wanting to return. Like, you know, that they had gotten comfortable over the centuries in Egypt. Even though God had promised to Abraham that he was going to give them a land of their own, it's like they're not even looking for it anymore. This is our home now, Egypt. And they kept wanting to return to the bondage. God led them across the Red Sea to freedom, and whenever life got scary and there was no food or water for just a short while, they would look back, not forward. Instead of trusting and turning to God, they would build a golden calf like, like Egyptians did, or they'd want to kill Moses and get a new leader and go back. There was always this temptation to run back to the old life, even though it was a horrible life. They would say things, well, at least we got food there. I'm not going to die in this desert. But this is not the life that God wanted for them. They were to be His people, a light into all nations. So it struck me in our scripture that they say we have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we'll be set free? They're not looking for freedom. And I don't know if they can see that they're a far cry from what God had wanted for his people. But to this, Jesus goes straight to the heart of the problem. And the real problem is not political, it's personal. It's not Rome, it's sin. 
For in John 8, 34, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, and a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus says, I know you're Abraham's descendants, but then why are you wanting to kill me? I'm telling you the truth, but you can't even hear it. Sin has enslaved them. This is the biggest fear, I think, of our life. It's not that the oops do something. It's that sin so takes over in us, we don't even know it. It's taken over our life and clouded our judgment. It's caused us not to hear God anymore, to see what's right in front of us or the reality of things anymore. Sin can become our true master instead of God. And I wonder if you and I see sin like Jesus sees sin as the real problem in our life, not the government or not the boss that's making things tough or the lack of money we got right now or what our spouse did or whatever else we will complain about. But what if we were to look at our life like Jesus looks at our life, not political but personal, in the heart, with humility, our number one issue right now is sin. And sin is not just, again, it's not just the bad thing we do. But at the heart, sin's goal is to pull you away from God and to enslave you. It is any thought or deed that is contrary to the will of God for you. And the devil is using that in your life right now, whatever that is, because it works, to pull you away from the Father and His plans for you. It could be as simple as your ego that is getting in the way. It could be lust trying to drag you away and entice you. It could be anger. It could be greed. It could be busyness that's tying you up and pulling you away from the ministry that God has for you. It could be another idol that has replaced them. It could simply be worry. Worry, worry, worry. It could be so many things, but the particulars are not as important as the intent. The devil wants to use it to push you away from the heart of God and to enslave you to his will and not your true fathers. To get you distracted and putting your trust in the wrong place. To stop you from doing the mission that you were created and to make you less effective, less peace, less joy, less love for your neighbor. Take over your heart, your mind, destroy your family, and silence your praise. I think about the alcoholic who keeps thinking they're in control. When this thing is obviously taken over in their life at this point, and it's destroying them and their marriage and their kids and their family life, it rules their life. And they still think it's not a big deal. And it's easy for me to use the example of the alcoholic. But the truth is, I am just as addicted to circumstance. Unique, maybe, to me. And Jesus said, everyone who sins becomes a slave to that sin. So do we see sin like Jesus sees sin? Jesus gets right to the heart of the problem here. He talks about their sin, whether they're Abraham's descendants or not. He came to set them free of their sin. And he doesn't say to be set free of your sin, you need to try harder and, and obey the Torah better. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you'll know the truth. And the truth is going to set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The truth of Jesus Christ is our answer and our hope to our sin problem. The real problem of our life is Christ in us will help us overcome 
sin's grip on us and free us to live the life as God's children that he has created us to live. So I repeat again Romans 8. It says, through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do and it was weakened by my sinful nature, God did by sending his own son to be a sin offering. He condemned sin in me in order that the righteous requirements of the law might now be met in me who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spirit. Jesus has the power to save us from sin and to set us free. And this is the part of the scripture that I really wanted to, to say to you today as we begin a new year. For I believe in Jesus I believe, you know this, I've shared with you my heart before, I believe he's the Son of God, my Savior. I have repented of my sins. I believe he died and rose for me. I do that with all of my heart. I know that I am saved and I have that peace and that promise of God. I know where I'm going. But what I read in our scripture for today is something more that I think God wanted me to see and share, and that is that sin enslaves us. And the Lord not only has come to take away the punishment of my sin, but also set me free of that sin. That I would be a servant of God and not a slave to sin. That I would be a child of God and not a child of the devil. That I would let him clean me out of all of that which is within me. For there are things in my life I'm ashamed about. And I need help to be free of that temptation and addiction and worry and fear and sins that keep wanting to pull me away from the heart of God or get in the way of the things that God wants to do in my life. I've got to walk in the freedom of Christ, in the truth of Christ, trusting and obeying my Lord, learning each day not to live according to my sinful nature, but according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that He has placed within us, given freely, whom Jesus said, the Spirit of truth, who will guide you in all truth. He will help you if you stay humble and pray and listen to the voice of God. That we would remain every day in His Word because if we don't know, this is the problem in the church today and with Christians today. If we don't know this, how will we know the lies when He tells them to us? The enemy. How will we know if we don't immerse ourselves in the truth of God's word. We will be able to recognize when we are being deceived and led astray. we got to remain in him. And that's what Jesus says. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In John 15, Jesus said, if you abide in me, your life will bear good fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So this is what I want to do at the start of the new year. Renew my faith in Christ. Thank Him again for the forgiveness of my sins and life everlasting. And on top of that, I want to recommit my whole life to Him, my whole heart, asking Him to break every chain in me. Because if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I think I'm supposed to repent, and I think all of us are to repent and to ask the Lord to do inside of us what only He can set us free. I love David's prayer of repentance in Psalm 51, man after God's own heart, God loved him, worked powerfully in his life. But there was a time when he started doing Satan's work rather than God's work, and he committed adultery, ended up having her husband killed. I mean, he was walking down a dark and nasty path. But in God's grace, God sent to him Nathan, who spoke truth to David. 
And what I love about the story is that David, when he hears that truth, he sees his own sin. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't justify his sinful behavior. He doesn't keep down that path. He humbles himself. He confesses that sin to God. And he asks for the Lord's forgiveness. Psalm 51, he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgression and cleanse me from my sin. And then David says this, very interesting to our scripture for today. In Psalm 51, 6, David says, For you, O Lord, desire truth in the innermost part of me. You teach me wisdom in that innermost place. Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you're in my disciples, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is going to put that truth right into us. He's going to write it right on our heart. The spirit of truth is going to live with us. I want to end with this. My grandmother would call me up. She'd read scripture to me and over the phone when I was in college and seminary. And I just saw her picture. We had a little video that my sister put together before my grandparents died. And we were able to hear her tell stories again. It was really special for me to see her and uh, to, to all that. But, but Grandma, she could read scripture to me over the phone. She Maybe just a, a, a verse or two at a time. I lived in Chicago and she in Colorado. We had, and so she would call me now and again. And, and in her morning devotions or coffee with God's word, something would speak to her. And so she would want to share it. I really believe God's word is meant to be shared. And not just for you, but for the ones around you. And so it's so exciting. She would call me up and she would say, Danny, that's what she called me. Danny, uh, look up Isaiah 40, 29 right now. So I'd have to go get my Bible and look it up. And she would read it to me. And then she would tell me the amazing things of what God had spoken to her about. And the truth within. And how this is something she felt like you can grab a hold of this today. She would say stuff like that. You know, grab a hold of this truth for you today. You know, and, and it would leave me. And I remember even all the way up until right before her death when I'm a pastor up in Canada, Grandma was still calling me with scriptures. Truth. Well, one of the verses I remember most is she would, Psalm 25, where it says, I trust you, Lord. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior. My hope is in you all my days. And I can still remember her saying, Danny, this is my prayer for you. Hold on to Jesus. Seek Him every day. Trust in Him. He's always going to show you the way to go. He will teach you everything you need. And He will guide you in all the truth. For He's our God, our Savior, and our Holy Spirit. All day. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, as the start of the new year, that You would break every chain. We know you're our Savior. We're here because we love you and you have rescued us from the from on the cross. You have by your blood, you have you have set us free. You have justified our life before God. You have you have prepared a place for us, and we're looking forward to come to you. But right now, too much of that old slavery is clouding our judgment. Too much of that old life still wants to creep over and have its way in us. Too much of these things to start small. They start to grow in us. And Lord God, we can't even, we don't even know how to overcome things in our life sometimes. But if the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. Lord God, I pray for everyone in this room that you would release them from the chains that want to enslave them. That you would speak truth into their life through the Holy Spirit. And that they would not close their ears to that truth. 
But Lord God, that they would allow that to become what guides them and leads them. I pray, Lord God, that we would be people of your word. Every day we would walk in it so that we know that truth. So when that lie comes, we can be able to dismiss it. Help us, Lord God, to truly be your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.